Safeguarding Voice, welcome to ECP's podcast. Podcasts you can listen to whilst on the go or grabbing a coffee. Our aim is to make safeguarding simple to understand, as children and adults at risk are at the centre of what we do and their welfare is paramount. Today's podcast is being hosted by myself, Nicole Williamson, Director at Education Child Protection Limited, and a colleague from Children's Social Care. During today's podcast, we're going to be discussing what happens beyond referral. Following a Section 47 inquiry within Children's Social Care, the decision may be taken to move into an initial child protection conference, and we hope to provide you with an overview as to what the conference aims to achieve, the process and the outcome. Throughout this podcast, we will provide an oversight into what you as the professional can expect should you ever be invited to a conference to represent your agency. This advice is aimed at designated leads and their deputies and indeed any safeguarding role that may be required to attend child protection conferences. We recommend that anyone listening to this podcast visits their local Safeguarding Children's Partnership website for specific localised guidance regarding these procedures. to consider what happens beyond a referral. So you're a designated lead within an agency and you've made a referral into the local authority to reach children's social care. The reality is there are a number of decision-making processes that may take place and one of the potential outcomes is that you may be invited to a child protection conference. So let's have that as our starting point. How might we reach a child protection conference? Okay, so a child protection conference would take place once we have had a strategy discussion and the outcome of that may have been to go straight to an initial child protection conference or it may be following a section 47 inquiry where we would have sought more information that we are concerned that a child has suffered or is likely to suffer significant harm and we will go to an initial child protection conference with the key professionals involved to have that multi-agency discussion. Okay, and just to clarify, I realise it's a, a very simple term, but just to be clear, when we're referencing a child protection conference, who could the child be? So when we're talking about children, we're talking about anybody under the age of 18, but it also in this context could include children who are not yet born. So our unborns, we may hold a pre-birth conference. And that's really when we know that there are concerns, maybe there are older siblings, or maybe there are concerns about the unborn child that we need to consider and we need to prepare for prior to their birth in order to make sure that there is a safe plan for when they are born. So anyone under the age of 18, that also could include children who are not yet born. Great, that's very clear. So let's think then about the first step. So we've had our strategy discussion, a decision has been made, either following a section 47 inquiry that we are moving into a child protection conference. So the first step is the initial child protection conference. So what's the purpose of an initial child protection conference? 
So the reason we would hold an initial child protection conference is because we already believe that a child has suffered or is likely to suffer significant harm. And this meeting is to explore the concerns that we may have for this child or family and to consider the most appropriate framework to work with this child under and their family going forward. And who's going to be present? Who would be invited to the child protection, initial child protection conference? So the initial child protection conference would be chaired by someone we call the independent reviewing officer, so known as the IRO. There will always be a minute taker that is there. And in terms of the other people that are invited to the conference, there will be key agencies, so police and health, education, if the child is in education, and any other key agencies that are working with this family. The most important people who would be present at the conference would be the family themselves. And they are able to choose if they want to, to bring other people in their support network, maybe family or maybe friends, to speak um, or to be there with them as a support. And you've mentioned, of course, the focal part of this is the family. Could a child be present at a child protection conference? Absolutely. And on a case by case basis, a decision would be made about how the child's views are shared within a conference. For older children, it may well be that they attend all or maybe part of their child protection conference and that work will have been done with them beforehand to help them understand the meeting and understand the information that is shared. It may be that a decision is taken that it's not appropriate for various reasons for that child to attend the meeting themselves and it may well be that their views alongside the social worker are also represented by an independent advocate and someone who would then meet with them after the meeting to discuss formally the outcome and to explore that with them. Okay. So let's think about some of the preparation that we may need to do in advance. So I'm an agency who's going to be attending the Child Protection Conference. So any agency or organisation that's been involved either in the preceding inquiry or indeed now being invited to the initial Child Protection Conference must ensure that all relevant information they have is available in the form of a report that's written, legible and also, of course, signed. If you attend the initial child protection conference, a report from your agency must be provided to the chair, the IRO, as well as the parents and possibly older children prior to the initial child protection conference. So information is shared in advance. So this is important for us to consider around our preparation. And if we are unable to tend, attend where possible, we should ensure that we have a colleague or another representative from our agency who will come in our place. At a very minimum, we need to ensure that robust written reports are sent. And let's just extend that further. Why is it important for the information from agencies to be shared in advance of the initial child protection conference? For me, this is really, really important. Child protection conferences can be really scary for parents to attend because they are 
they know that everybody around that table is there just to talk about them and to talk about their children and that can feel very scary and place them in a very vulnerable position it's really important that parents and children attending those conferences don't have surprises that they know the information that is going to be shared about them so that they have time to prepare before that meeting also really important just out of respect really that that information is shared prior to the meeting so they know what to expect and they know what's coming okay so preparation in advance information sharing in advance is really critical so let's consider what might be the outcomes what are the decisions that need to be made within the initial child protection conference so what needs to be considered as part of the conference is to look at what framework we will work with this family on going forward. And that could either be a child protection plan or what we would call a child in need plan. Now, if a decision was made that a child protection plan was the most um, appropriate framework to work with a family, then a decision would be made under what category that would be. And there are four categories. Now that is physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, and neglect. Those are the four categories under child protection. And parents would have to work with us under one of those plans. If a decision was made that a child in need plan was the most, in, uh, most appropriate framework to work with the family, the parents would then have a choice about whether they engage with that plan or not. Okay, so parental engagement is a really critical factor here when we're considering the most appropriate plan to move forward with. And I just want to pick up on your point around a decision as to what category the plan is. Important to mention that everyone present is expected to have a voice. They will be expected to share their judgment, their view. Could you just extend on that for me slightly? What will I be expected to say when it comes to the decision making process? Absolutely. So the decision for which framework we would work with a family moving forward is made at the end of the meeting. So you as a professional attending that meeting will have already shared the pertinent information from your agency regarding that child and that family. At the decision time, every person around the table, including parents, are asked for their professional view about whether they believe a child protection plan or a child in need plan is most appropriate. And it's really important that you have clear ideas and a clear view about what plan you believe will be the most appropriate plan. Great, thank you. And what's the next step? Let's take a look at an example of we've completed the initial child protection conference and actually we've gone around the room and some professionals have said child in need, others have said child protection. How do we reach the final decision? Ultimately, the decision is the uh, is that of the independent reviewing officer and they would have the overall say as to what that plan will be. But it's really important that you know that everybody attending has a voice and that their voice will be heard and the voice will be recorded. So in the event that you disagree with the ultimate decision, which is the independent reviewing officer's decision to make, it's really important that you feel confident enough to be able to say that in the meeting and that you formally dissent. It's really important because it means that that will be formally recorded in the minutes. It's too late to do that after the conference takes place. So really important that you're able to share your views if you don't agree and that will be formally recorded. And if the decision is made by the IRO that we are proceeding to a child protection plan, 
what happens next? In that event, what would then happen is that after the first review, um, sorry, after the initial child protection, you would have your first review conference and that takes place within three months. After that review conference, any child protection conferences would happen six months thereafter. And that's until a decision is made, until there has been either a change for this family or a decision has been made either that we need to escalate because maybe there haven't been the changes that we're hoping for or that there has been progress and therefore we feel confident to step down. But in between the conferences, all of those conferences, the first review, the initial and the further review conferences are chaired by the independent reviewing officer. In between those, we have what we call core group meetings. Now, the first core group meeting is held 10 days after the initial child protection conference and is then held every four to six weeks between other reviews. The people that attend the core group meetings are exactly the same people that attend the other reviews. However, they are not attended by the independent reviewing officer and instead they will be chaired by any member of the core group, normally the social worker, but it can be anybody in that group. And the point of those is to try and reduce any drift on a plan to make sure that we are working closely with families, picking up any progress straight away, celebrating that with families as well as being able to identify if there are things that may not be working on the plan and a different approach needed and it's really important that key members of the core group have those meetings regularly so that we can make sure that ultimately actions that have been put in place to keep children safe and protect them are in place and are doing what we're asking them to do. So in summary, let's think about this process and our role as the designated safeguarding lead within an agency. We need to be prepared. Ensure that you have robust record keeping within your own organisation and you have spent time in preparing your reports. The clarity of information that is shared is going to inform the quality of decisions made around outcomes for children. So this is critically important. When you think about the day of the conference, arrive in good time. Social work reports will be made available in advance. There will be time to ask questions before the conference commencing. So if you have any questions and queries around information sharing or any apprehensions you have, please ensure you address those with the IRO at the point of introduction before the conference commences. Just to reiterate the point, Anything that you wish to have noted must take place during the conference. You have a missed opportunity if you consider information to be shared thereafter. Your voice must be heard during this process. And being a part of the core group is active. We all have a role to play. So if at any point you're seeing your areas of the plan slipping, not being implemented, you have concerns, don't wait for the next core group to meet or the next review conferences to take place. Come forward, speak to the named social worker, ensure that your communication is proactive. And finally, think about yourself. We recognise that child protection is challenging for all who are involved, and that includes ourselves as professionals. You're going to be exposed to and involved with some very emotive conversations, which may leave professionals feeling both personally and professionally challenged by what's actually taken place. Any final thoughts in that regard? 
Just a really good point, Nicole, and just really important to be kind to ourselves. It's really tricky when you're working with a family, you may well have been working with them for some time, to then go into that conference, which sometimes can be a difficult dynamic, particularly when there has been difficult information shared. It's really important that you have help to prepare for that, but also help after, to debrief, to unpick and understand maybe some of the things that were discussed and to ensure that you as a network also have support so that you can provide the best care to this family and to this child going forward. And that concludes an overview in relation to child protection conferences. Thank you for listening. Make sure you take the time to listen to our other episodes and for more information on safeguarding and training and consultancy, visit our website.